It's the Purpose Driven Executive Podcast, where we help you go from the grind to working by your design. Lead better, grow better, and work from your gifts and talents. I'm your host and productivity coach, here to guide you on a journey towards greater efficiency, income, and balance in your personal and professional life. Let's jump in. All right, people of purpose, those of you who are, you're defiant against the grind. You know that you can play by your design. You're not focused on making this thing like everyone else is. You're willing to make your life a game. I've got someone that you should meet. Welcome into your your visage and into your your auditory canals. Welcome, Lord Adam Quiney. <laughs> Hello. Lord Adam. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, man. Uh, before we go anywhere, I just need to know about the lordship. Like, please uh-huh. tell me more. Yeah. yeah so uh, when when I first went to like get my undergrad, we went to university, and it was like the early, early, early days of the internet. So you get to get your like email address, and my dad was like, uh, you know, get a smart email address because people are gonna blah 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 blah. <clears throat> And I was like, that sounds boring. And so I asked for Lord Adam at my university's UVic, University of Victoria. So I was Lord Adam at uvic.ca. And he was like, oh, you, my dad's a Brit. And he was like, you wanker. Like, what have you done? And I'll tell you, like, everyone loved that email address. It was so great. Just a touch playful, always a conversation topic. I always had that on my resumes. So ever since then, I've not given up my peerage. <laughs> I love it. Uh-huh. And, uh, actually, it's only, um, oh, it's been about two months ago that I did uh, buy two square feet of uh, land in Scotland. And so I, mm. I too, am, am a lord, but I don't, I don't, I think you actually earned it a little bit more than I did. Sounds like it's been there for a little while. At least as far as my alma mater is concerned. Yeah. At least as far as they're <laughs> concerned. Love it. Well, dude, um, Tell us, tell us this. Where I want to hear what you do, but I really, really want to know what does Adam love? Mm. Uh, okay, so then the there's like a I'll unfurl the scroll and uh, share some of the stuff. I love uh, well, I love transformation, which is also what I do. So that's like the the easy one: leadership that transforms, coaching that transforms, as opposed to like makes a change on the surface or, or that sort of stuff. Um, and then, um, I love video games. I love magic, the gathering. I love really good cocktails. And, um, and then some of the other stuff, like I, I obviously love my Boston Terrier, Grimby. And then two other fun Adam facts are, I love, uh, popping and locking. So I trained with the founders of those styles. And then I also really love pickleball. Uh, 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 popping and locking. I'm not familiar. What is, is that the dance? Yeah. So like waves or like pops. If you've ever seen Michael Jackson dance, he was like one of the first people to really sort of bring that to the forefront, but there are dance styles that grew out of the early funk style movements. They're all called under umbrella called funk styles. And they're also called illusion dances. So they're the sort of dances where you watch feel doing, you're like, I don't understand how a body can move that way. That's so weird. So awesome. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. even fun. All right, so you are. I I, w- I want to get into. And this is the. I always the the idea of when someone says, "Hey, uh, 
good to meet you, Adam. What do you do? Right. They'll, uh-huh. they'll ask that question. And so I don't like to ask it in the same way, but I, I want to know, I, I do want to know that. And, and I know that you have a, you have special beliefs built in around that. So can you share about how you work with the smartest person in the room? Hmm. Yeah. So, um, the smartest person in the room is like, well, it's, it's good marketing is the first thing. And, but, but it's also like a subjective experience. So the people I work with have a high degree of the quality of being, the way of being I would call brilliance. So people with brilliance tend to be like sharp brained, a lot of fast twitch muscle in their brains, naturally really good at like logical thought, thinking, sort of seeing the patterns amidst the chaos. And what they learn growing up is to retreat from their hearts. My people tend to have big hearts up into their intellect where they can kind of like, everything's logical. Don't have to be with the liability of my big heart. I don't have to feel heartbreak or let down or disappointment or betrayal. I can just do what has to be done so I can have the impact I'm on this planet to create. And so the, when you do that over time, what, what they learn to do, it's not who they are, who they are, these huge hearted individuals, but what they learn to do because it's safe and protects them from their fears is to divide the world into smart and dumb. And then, you know, they do that. And then that just process can, it's a process of winnowing on and on and on and on. And so where they're left sort of, as they start to find me is I'm surrounded by morons or they're trying to like it's okay. People are, they're, they're, they're kind of playing off their brilliance. They can't fully own it or they're caught up in arrogance around it and they, they can't really connect with people from it. And they're able to create amazing results because if you separate your heart, you can be like a, an automaton. You can just be the best at like law, medicine. They're very good at like stocks because emotions don't get in the way, you know, all that sort of stuff. So they have all these great results, but the same reason that they were able to create that they're also left in this experience like why don't i care about any of this and 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 something feels missing and like i wish i could have relationships or often it's more like i wish i wanted to have like they don't even have that feeling anymore so they're like i want to want to be in relationships but shrug so that's kind of where they meet me in the arc of their journey wow mm-hmm so, so this is the this is the conquering hero, who returns back home and doesn't find his kingdom the way that he thought it was, or not even sure really what he wants his kingdom to be. Maybe he has a hard time defining what his next uh, what his next adventure is, his or her. That's, I shouldn't just say his, mm. but um, but but this is someone who has uh, who has done great things. Yes, and and then they find the the. Do you, would you say that sometimes the um, I don't want to call it the hollow victory, but uh, did, did, are they facing that or what? What? Yeah, well, hollow victory is a good word for it. And it's it's really interesting because there is a hollowness, but then the like every pattern we get caught in, it wraps in on itself. So they don't, the, 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 I guess you could call it the mercy, but also the tragedy is that they they don't feel the pain of the fact that this feels hollow. And so they're left kind of a lot of my people, myself included, I'm one of these people, just to be clear, 
are left often like, you know, they can read about sociopaths and be like, man, I can identify with a lot of this. <laughs> and it might be the good guy in this. Yeah. And it's not who they actually are. It's just that they learn to be that way. And that's become an automatic pattern that, that, you know, it gets them dividends, but it also leaves them kind of in this hollow victory, as you put it. Mm. So they've learned to succeed, but, but maybe not necessarily be a success. Do you, is it like, what, what do you do? Do you help them like redefine success? Can like, like maybe give me, um, give me your, like, I don't want to say give me a process, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, yeah. how do you, how do you get in and take the ingredients that they're offering you and create something that's more whole and beautiful? Mm-hmm. So first of all, we're talking about like the quality of brilliance, but like you could look through this lens at any particular um, beautiful quality of being that a human being has. So like some people, it's brilliance they have in straits. Other people have wit, generosity. And most of the time we have like five or six kind of strong suits. And, you know, like I'm just going to do a bit of prefacing, like the brilliant person tends towards running up into their intellect and then their life is a life that's intellectually good, but missing someone who is like really generous can, can learn I'm, I'm worthless. If I'm not giving stuff away, I've always got to be, they're trying to like fill this bottomless need of proving that they're generous. And so they end up feeling burnt out and like a doormat and, and that becomes their life. And they become very good in careers that reward that. And so we could be looking at this through anyone. And the work I do with those people is the arc people go through tends to be like the starting point is for them to just come to an acceptance of their gifts. And that takes a while because societally, we train you out of doing that for a few reasons. If you own that you're brilliant, you're immediately arrogant. Never mind all the other stuff I've said that proves I'm arrogant, but like just saying, yeah, I'm someone with brilliance, people are going to be like, who do you think you are? Or they're going to, we're going to be like, oh crap, if I own that about myself, then I might look dumb in the next sentence, which doesn't actually negate the fact everyone's dumb, <laughs> even brilliant, especially brilliant people do dumb things. But all of these are reasons that we learn to like not own who we actually are. And then as a result of that, we can never be seen for who we are. And we develop this kind of clutchy craving that kind of comes out sideways. So this is why you end up with like bosses that are like, I want to acknowledge my team. And then they spend 20 minutes kind of surreptitiously acknowledging themselves. And you're like, that was kind of, <laughs> you know, gross. <laughs> it's because they can't ask for that. They, they, they are starving to be seen and simultaneously pushing away being seen. So that's usually like the first stage when I'm working with people is to like have them sort of step into like coming to, yeah, actually I am generous, brilliant, witty, beautiful, whatever. And I kind of do want to be recognized as that. And I can add more, but I want to make sure I pause there just in case you have a question or want to say anything about that. Oh, I love it. I do. Maybe, maybe uh, detour with me for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I love, I love watching when people allow their gifts to be seen, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I do believe that like the the channel between us and, you know, heaven and earth is is really the gifts that are inside of us and that and that those are there that it serves other people. It and, and we get served in the process. Yes. But at the same time, like what what I like it's it's mind blowing. And this is like I'm in the same boat as anyone else I've ever I've ever looked at, talked to or whatever. But it almost feels like we look for the hard way 
Yeah. And some of these great and wonderful, amazing parts about us, like when we see that, it's like, like the first response is almost to put that to the side. I'm like, no, like that's not, I'm not going to use that. I mean, yeah. this. And, and so it's almost like we, we are, um, um, I don't want to say self-cannibalizing our own, like these, our own most valuable traits, but the way that we can, we can win, not just in the marketplace, but in life is by putting these things in the proper place. Why, why do you think like, and I'm, and I'm hearing some of you, some of your, why is that? Why is there that duality as I'm hearing you talk about, um, we want to, we want it to be seen, but we don't want to seem like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what gets in the way. Why are we stopped there? Yeah. Well, so I would say, first of all, like one of the most fundamental desires that we have humans have is to be seen and like received, accepted. These are words that are ultimately describing love as we are. I want people to see me and sort of like cherish love Adam exactly the way he is. So that's like a fundamental need we have as humans. Because to not get that as rejection, and then, you know, as an infant, that means death. Growing up on the Serengeti, that meant you got kicked out of the tribe with your loincloth and you were probably eaten by a tiger. You know, so these are very good reasons this was evolved. Simultaneous to that, our parents were trained by their parents who were trained by their parents. And what happens is, like, um, if my, well, I'll give an example in my life. So one of the qualities I bring into the space, and I would say you and I share this, Donnie, is presence. And people with presence, we we are noticed. People, eyes turn towards us. And people with presence tend to draw, like to move towards acting, public speaking, leadership. It's just a natural quality. And we, we take up space. You could also think of it as like a bit like magnetism or whatever. And my mom grew up in a very, my mom also a lot of presence or radiance, as I call for women. She grew up in a very modest home in rural Canada, in Ontario, daughter of a preacher. So it was a very like, don't be too big for your britches kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I got a lot of that energy. So like my natural, you know, my voice takes up space or I like to make jokes or, you know, sometimes put on a show and I would get a lot of stop showing off. Stop, stop being so loud. You need to be quieter. Don't get too big for yourself. And so what I learn is, oh, there's a natural state of me that is unacceptable, that needs to be turned down. What, what I naturally know to do is not okay here. And so I learn over time to keep turning that volume down around anyone that energetically occurs kind of like my mom. And then that creates this awkward paradox where on the one hand, I'm craving to be recognized and accepted as I am. And at the same time, I have a story now that that's also not okay. And so then our life in a manner of speaking becomes about mitigating that. And so that's when you get people, the thing I learned to do that I've had to do a lot of work to undo is I got really good at standing just off to the side of the spotlight and then stacking my head in and making a joke or doing something awesome. And people have been like, whoa, that's cool. Who's that guy? And then I'd jump back out so that I wasn't showing off, which of course is super obnoxious because I'm actually stealing the spotlight and taking up space, but I can't own it. And I can't just let it fully be seen and resolved. I can, I can definitely identify uh, with, with that. It's, it, it's almost like, I guess like it, it's, in some ways, I don't want to like, in some ways, as a child, especially if you have, if you're, there's more than one of you, like we have uh-huh. children, right? Wow. And so as, as a child, we're, 
responsible and good parents must yes. control us in some way. Yeah. And and in that control, it's almost as if there is a voice that gets seated inside that is like the like the parent voice that kind of keeps you in check, keeps you in your place, keeps like yes. keeps this element of you from like springing up out of control. Oftentimes the most beautiful element, right? Because yeah. if they just let us go wild with it, it would be very difficult. Um, it, it it just creates chaos in the home. Yeah. When it's functioning that way, especially when they're they're younger. But um, hmm. do you uh, like? I'm, I'm, do you do you ascribe to uh, personality archetypes? Any personality? Like I, I heard you say, like natural state. Are you like? How do you? Yeah, take me to that maybe a little mm-hmm. bit. To help me to understand. Mm-hmm. Your... Yeah, and I just want to say one thing to what you said, which is like that process by which we learn parts of ourselves, not okay. Okay. That is a beautiful process that has to happen. So sometimes when people hear that, they're like, oh man, I'm doing wrong as a parent. No, you're not. You're doing absolutely what was important and necessary. And, and everyone let yourselves off the hook. This is part of the process of being a human. So, so in, in the model I work with, it's, I'll, I'll sort of loosely go through some stages. First, we come onto this planet as like a fully expressed little tiny human. And we don't know any different other than to just express ourselves naturally as far as like our being. And people have qualities. All humans have all access to all qualities of being, but each of us have our our own strong suits. And so there's that. And then you can kind of almost think of it like the way my hair parts doesn't mean I can't have a certain haircut, but my hair just naturally goes in that, that direction. I'm, if you spend time with Adam, you're going to naturally find like, oh, that guy's kind of witty. He brings a lot of connection to the space. Very brilliant. A lot of presence. And, uh, some other thing that I've forgotten. <laughs> I can't remember what my, oh, passionate, super passionate. That guy doesn't like stuff. He loves the crap out of it. And so that's like, I, I would say any personality can exist over top of those, any personality archetype. Like we could call someone the, well, I don't know, whatever the personality archetype would be, and then they can manifest connection as that personality archetype. So at the core, there's sort of like these qualities of being, which are what is my essential nature. Have you ever felt like what you're doing is an uphill battle? Have you ever stopped to wonder why it feels like an uphill battle? Maybe, my friend, it's because you are playing from the wrong design. Maybe you're calling plays from the wrong playbook. I believe that's actually most of us, and that's why I designed the Heroic Identity Revealer. Now, this takes the best of personality psychology to not only help you to understand who you are, but how you can have the most success when you enter into this world. So go to my website, donnytuttle.com. The link is in the description. And take this absolutely free. This is a way for you to win more, win faster, and feel better while living a joyful and productive life. So go there now or at the end of this podcast, donnytuttle.com. Click on the bouncing button that says Heroic Identity Revealer. Now back to the show. I love it. So you you wouldn't say that personality is permanent then, or would you? No. I would say, no, absolutely not. And I would say that's where people often like part of this process we're describing is people get caught because they believe it's permanent. So if I can give an example, would that be all right? A quick one? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so I'm connection, but growing up, sometimes I learned, Ooh, I'm a little intense for people. Or also sometimes people find me a little awkward and uncomfortable. And I really don't like that because for someone who is connection, the experience of awkward uncomfortableness is like the worst. It's the antithesis of connection. And so I grew to fear that. And so what I learned to do was around certain situations where that might show up. Instead, I became very good at connecting inwards. And I became very reliable to be like, I'm okay spending Friday night at home, painting miniatures, making magic deck, you know, doing whatever nerdy stuff I was doing. I'm, I'm fine with this. And I, and I genuinely was. And over time, that safety that that pattern provides us, we do it more and more and it becomes automatic. Anytime that stimulus of that situation that might be scary shows up, that's the response. And then what happens is we stop relating to that as a choice and it, we just relate to it as who I am. So I'd start to say stuff like, ah, uh, who I am is just some guy that doesn't really like spending that much time in large groups of people. I'm an quote unquote introvert. The fascinating thing to me here is that the other, we also play out both sides of the pendulum. So in other situations where that same fear was there, I became very good at superficial glib kind of small talk. And then I would be like, oh, I can really work a room. I must be an extrovert. Super, I could play both sides of that. And then I'd be frustrated because that binary division doesn't actually work. It's ultimately the strategies to keep me safe over top of connection, which is who I am. Mm. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I, um, well, uh, Carl Jung, he, he would said the same thing, right? The personality yes. is, um, it's, he called it like your handedness. It's just, mm. it's like, like you enter in, like when we meet, you have a dominant form yeah. currently. Doesn't mean that's what it's going to be. Like if you determine you can, you can, and we're, we're very complex on top of the fact that yes. we can, we can change. Oddly, though, uh, the Gallup polls, I'm sure you're familiar, are Gallup, the Strengths Finder. Strengths Finder, yeah. People, uh, they say that it's like, that's something that's consistent. And so, yeah, it's kind of an odd. Yeah, I find their work, like, um, first of all, I think it does tremendous good. Full stop. And then my experience is that their work, as you go through the types, you know, the strengths, I find that they... Uh, are innocently combining degrees of someone's essence, quality of being, with some of the um, the what I would call the survival mechanism, those strategies we learn to do safe, and they're kind of a bit uh, clustered together. And so people are like, oh, who I am is just someone that likes to spend time by myself, and I guess that means I'm a good, like, you know, whatever the, the pull, the strength finder, and what that the harm that does, so to speak, is that it it actually reinforces for people this personality construct that they've created. And so they start like, I guess what I need to do is create my life so that I'm always doing stuff where I'm by myself because that's who I am. And the question I always want to ask people is, is that who you want to be? Like if it was all on the table, how do you want to experience your life? Never mind what a poll tells you you are or are not because it's all possible if it's what you want. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. um, recently, there was um, what I want to I want to connect something with mm. that, and be, because I feel like that uh, there was something I recently saw from you that that had to do with like making it a game. 
Mm. And I haven't read your book yet, although like I absolutely need to order that. It's not on Audible. No, no, not yet. Or I would, uh, I would have already consumed it. I my 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 reading rate has gone way down. My <laughs> yeah. listening rate has gone way up. Yeah, the, uh, recent years. But um, the idea of making it a game, I think, can remove some of the stress and pressure of like you must become this. And there's a lot of yes. people right now that you work with that I work with that that business has changed for people recently. Like there there there's some new things that are happening out there, and now people are saying, well, I. I got to go do this, or there's some mm. authors starting from scratch, even smartest people in the rooms, right? Yes. Starting in a different place right now. But it doesn't have to be some grind of labor. Can you can you talk to us about the the game? Yeah, and, and I'll share like, so growing up, one of the, my parents wanted to instill good work ethic in me. And so the way that came across was like, Adam, make sure you're, you're like, you better work hard. Do work hard. And, and, you know, I'd come home with like an A, great job, but like you're even capable of A pluses. And so I concluded like, oh, that I need to be working harder. And so that became kind of an internalized story, which is like, it makes sure you're working hard. And what came out of that was as long as I'm struggling, as long as it's hard, maybe a bit grindy, as long as I'm sweating, I'm okay. I'm not going to get left behind. I'm going to be continuing to go forward. I'll be okay. And so one, I became super reliable to stick with it when it was hard work. I'm very reliable to go through the grind. I won't quit early. But the hilarious thing is that like what ends up getting created is a life where I'm successful via hard work. And here's the funniest thing to me, funny, ironic, like cosmic humor is as I've worked with my coach and my teachers and, and like peeled this stuff back, I've created a life and a practice that is not hard work. And I don't go out and try to find clients. I just live in a fully expressed way and I share what I see to share and I play pickleball and I have fun and clients come to me and abundance is present. And the funny thing about that is that part of me from my childhood is like, ah, this is terrible. It's not hard enough. Like, how can you trust this? And I'm like, huh, to have the life I really crave requires kind of being with that fear a little bit. Amazing. <laughs> Interesting. I, uh -huh. I, uh, it's almost like a love transformation, not information to, mm -hmm. to echo what you said earlier. I, I see, I, I work a lot with people in the corporate world. I, I'm not mm. sure. I, I would imagine your people are somewhere in there as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and it's almost like, have, do you find that people, almost like require that create their own stories based on the requirement that they know that if there's, if there's grind and hustle, then they, they, they know they can count on themselves. So therefore they almost have to self-create some of this hustle and grind so that they feel like they can kick into action. Otherwise they're not sure that they would maybe go, go, go. Yes, totally. This is why the four hour work week where you're changing the circumstance, like the stuff on the surface doesn't really work because you, like it wouldn't have worked for me either, right? I would go to that four hour work week and I'm on the beach for 164 hours a week. And I'm like, ah, this is like, I can't be with that level of whatever because there's some underneath, some need underneath, some ontological being based need that's not yet been sort of unfurled or addressed. 
Okay, ontological. I've uh, I've heard one other person uh, that I was working with say, so I'm taking some time for some ontological thinking. Uh, what a nerd. Yeah. What? Talk to us about that. Uh-huh. This is a fancy sounding Greek word that makes me sound super smart when I say it. So I try to say it as often as I can. Yes. <laughs> um, ontology is the study of being. So what is it that makes Adam, Adam? What is it that makes Donnie, Donnie? And when we're working in terms of ontological coaching or leadership, we're looking below the surface of what someone's doing to how are they being. So in coaching, coaches will learn all manner of tools, NLP, parts work, Enneagram, you know, whatever it happens to be. And they'll show up in the call and they'll, they'll, the client will bring something and the coach will like, start to work with them on this tool. And typically what'll happen is they'll go through the tool, stuff will happen, and then the, the session ends. If we were to work with someone through the ontological framework, we might still do the same tool, that's the doing, but then I might start to notice, wow, every single thing I say with this client, they agree with. And I notice there's like a distinct lack of like conflict of them saying, yeah, but what about, or hey, I kind of disagree with this. And so, what I do is I presence that being. I say, hey, I notice literally everything I say, it's almost like it just lands in you like gospel. And I notice there's no, there's no disagreement whatsoever. And that's kind of weird because humans have their own beliefs and personalities and it's strange that nothing's showing up. What's going on? So we're, we're getting, even though we might use the same tools, we're learning to listen, hear, speak, and be with people in a way that operates below the surface, kind of like with the 90% of the iceberg under the water that we can't see normally. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh -huh. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's, that is the, the one thing is that I, almost everyone out there wants the quick fix. They want the patch. They want the, give me the magic words to say about, you know, with this, or like, I want some automation or I want, like, there's, the, there's so many things that people want but the truth of it too. is that who sure right <laughs> who you're being is more important than what you're doing yes and the, the the interesting thing is is when you can be steady and sure about the being I, it's almost like the i used to work with salespeople a lot but i feel like the being is the meta script yes and so i don't have to well inform you of all the tactics of how to open or close or create connection or any of those things, because once you can own the being or you, you, you're you just being the being, all of those things are self-informed. It all just kind of um, it generates from that. Like where, yeah. where have you seen, where have you seen, I don't know, man, share, share some, share some of these stories with us a little bit, maybe whether it's in, uh, in, in, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll share like a client story. Yeah. So um, I have a client, a CEO, incredible woman, and um, showed up to coaching super committed, which I love. We all love that, right? When they're like, I'm here for it. And for six weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And part of what was frustrating was she had an experience that people like didn't appreciate her for her wisdom, her intellect, and didn't really take her seriously. And she was left often like, ah, they're like, I feel like I'm dismissed almost on some level. So I'm like, okay, cool. So we're working, you know, just to, to, to 
deal with that, to look at what's the results she wants to create, blah, blah, blah. And as I'd shared earlier, I started to notice like anytime I provide a reflection, it would just be like, oh, that's totally it. Yes. So it wasn't, it wasn't like what I was offering came into contact with her. It was like she disappeared. And then what I offering was like, boom, this is the gospel. And so in one of these sessions, like it was starting to, I, I noticed it pretty early on, but I was like, okay, we're, we're just going to witness this and see, is this a pattern or is this just like happening today? And sure enough, happened week after week. And so there's a point where I paused and I said, Hey, I noticed like, you're like an eager student. You know, it's like everything Adam says is, is utter truth and amazing and perfect. And I wonder what is happening to like you, like, where is the you that might disagree with this or whatever? And as we started to look at this, I was asking her like, where else does this show up? And she started to see, well, like out in the world, that's what I, I, I either I'm doing that to people, like I'm telling them truth or I'm receiving theirs. And what she started to see was that she would work with her board or whatever and take everything that they said this way, which is her dismissing herself, the very thing she's super annoyed that the world is doing. And so we started, I was like, yeah, can you see how you're creating me the same way? And this is part of, I think the magic of coaching is that wow. not that things go different with us, they're going to go the exact same way, but we as coach can, can bring consciousness to it and support them to change it in the moment in partnership with us. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I saw recently, it's interesting. Um, I think, I think we all deserve a coach, right? I think we all, we all need a coach. And uh, I, the the idea that someone has to be in some place where there's some pressing pain or whatever, certainly those are fine places too, but those aren't yes. the only people that hire Adam Quiney, are they? No. Uh, well, sometimes. <laughs> you know, like whatever, what, sometimes people are like, I really want to hit this next level. Sometimes people are like, you know, I have some clients who are just brilliant, but they've learned to run everything through their intellect till the point they're they're like a computer over capacity. You know, their circuits are shooting off sparks and they're overheating and, and, you know, so whatever brings people to the point, I think where they're like, I want to go deeper than I can go myself. Like for me, that's the richest place. It's not that I can't do this on my own. I can, all of us can, but I want to go deeper than I can go by myself. And once we reach that point, oh my God, that's when everything opens up. Mm, that's good, man. That's clean. I am, um, dude, I, this is like just me as I'm, as I'm, uh, yeah. hearing all of this stuff. I'm like, uh, like my brain's firing like in a thousand different directions. So <laughs> I, I am, I am agreeing. I, I'm completely disappearing just like that client, but I'm let's say a <laughs> podcast. So that's okay. Um, <laughs> how, how did you, how did you arrive to this? Because certainly, um, this isn't something that normally happens naturally for others or for most of us, right? We, there's, there's something in life that, that was your origin in mm -hmm. you, uh, the you that you are right now. Like take us, take us through some of your. Yeah. The art innings. Yeah. 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 So I arrived at it through tons and tons of arrogance. <laughs> so I was in law school. I was really good at it. And enjoying the study of it, but I couldn't find lawyers that were happy. I found lawyers that could articulate to me very exquisitely why they ought to like what they did. 
and say, are you happy? And they go, well, here's the thing. And I go, fail. That's not the way to answer that question. <clears throat> Get ready to give me a legal brief on why they like their job or something like that. So I was looking for alternative careers. I found this one and I got into it with the mindset and the being that I've achieved the pinnacle of living. I'm super optimized and have it all figured out. And I'm going to help other people live like me because they're a bunch of morons who are like, their lives are messes. And maybe I didn't- Took your LinkedIn profile picture, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly there. Yeah. <laughs> this was two days ago. <laughs> so um, I didn't have, I would not, of course, say any of those words to you, but it was who I was being. I wasn't even consciously aware that that's who I was being, but that's what, how I was showing up in life. It was all largely my blind spot. And I started to work in this work. I got trained as a coach. I worked with a coach and it was all kind of superficial and boring. And it was boring because I felt like a personal project manager for people's lives. And I didn't need that. And so I was kind of resentful that I was wasting my time doing that for these other people. And of course that way of being I just described would lead to that result, right? Like if I believe that I've got it all figured out and other people don't, then I'm going to try to teach them how to do it and blah, blah, blah. So anyhow. So, so yeah, from, from law school to now you're coaching people like pr procedurally process wise, like what was. Yeah. 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 So I was in law school. I was still committed to finishing that and writing the bar here in British Columbia where I live. But I was also clear, I don't want to do that as a career, so I need to start something else up. And that's when I, simultaneous to being in law school, took coach training. I don't recommend that. It was a lot of work. Worked with a coach and started taking on clients as I was like apprenticing here. So it was a, okay. a bit crazy, but remember, super reliable for the grind. So, you know, it was also kind of very consistent with that underlying kind of way I'd learned to live. Not what I wanted, but now you're... Yeah. Here you are. You're this. You're this guy that um, that now is projecting. I've got it together, and yeah. and and now that's like kind of what's being, I was like put out to you know to clients. But we're helping people who want to have it together. Yeah. And uh, was the uh, was the formula, procedures and process A plus B equals C. Let's yes. Let's it was it. And then and then where did that shift? Yeah. What is now? Because you're this is different. Yeah. So and I just want to add that whilst. On the surface, my life is like polished and well put together because that's what I'm projecting. It's also a complete mess in the background. Like I'm going to work in the tax branch of our federal government doing legal stuff. And then I'm also calling in sick on days and drinking this vile brew of like distilled marijuana with high proof vodka that I'd made in my closet and getting super stoned and going and producing music because I'm playing hooky. Like wild swings you know the more buttoned up i am the more there's like this crazy wildness happening in the background and so but don't ask about that because i've got it all figured out let me help you you know so i am bored and i'm like this career is meant to solve the boredom and it's meant to solve all of this and this feels a lot like law and so what do i do and i took one last swing i connected with this woman and she she spoke to me in a way that intellectually I could bat away easily because I was very good at this at this point, but viscerally something was resonating. And I chose into the program she put in front of me is this year long, very intense, very rigorous program. 
I didn't know what any of that was about. She was like, oh yeah, we support you to create like breakthroughs as opposed to change. And I was like, yeah, that's what I do with my clients. Cause I didn't want to have the experience that she had something I didn't. So I'm like jockeying for position. Mm -hmm. And the first thing, the first day of this program they do, they, they say, we're going to work with each of you and we're going to presence who you came on this planet to be and who you've always been and all the stuff you're putting in the way of that. And for me, when it was my turn, they said, what do you want us to know about you? And I talked for five minutes and then they said, can we work with you? And I was like, yeah, but what's left? I've been reading personal development books since I was 13, got a coach. I've been trained as a coach. I'm a freaking lawyer. And they go, here's the thing, Adam. The package looks great. You're charming, handsome, witty, well-educated, well-dressed, blah, blah, blah. But you're like a new iPhone where we want to play with you and it's entertaining and novel all we do. But then we set you down and go have a beer with our friends because they're relatable. And you, Adam, it's like this perfect, polished, shiny suit of armor. It's gleaming and beautiful, but there's no way in. Currently, you have no access or capacity for vulnerability, authenticity, certainly not intimacy. And that hits me like a sledgehammer in my forehead. And I'm like, holy crap, because in that mo it wasn't, sometimes people hear that and they're like, yeah, but that was their opinion. No, they spoke to me with such access to the truth of my life. I was like, oh my God, every relationship I've ever been in, the sex falls away, the intimacy falls away. And then we kind of just walk away amicably because we're kind of indifferent. And every friendship, like I have all of these acquaintances that don't really know anything about me and I'm kind of awkward and don't really want to reach out to them. And then like a few close friends and I can just see and see and see and I'm blown away. Simultaneous to that, I'm standing very stoic going, huh, interesting. Tell me more about how you feel. <laughs> Trying so hard not to let them see the impact of what they're sharing with me. So I'm doing it as they're pointing to it. And so I'm kind of reeling from this and they tell me two other things. One thing they say is, this is an amazing suite of skills for a lawyer. If you want to be an attorney, you don't need any help from us. You scan yourself for your flaws so you can address them on your terms and before anyone else does. You scan other people for their flaws so you can hit them there, manipulate them. Use your wit and your intellect to kind of manage how the conversation is going so it never even goes towards vulnerability. So even if you read Brene Brown or something and you want to practice, you've already eliminated vulnerability. You're going to be vulnerable in an invulnerable place. And fourth, let people think they're getting in with you, but secretly keep them at arm's length. Fantastic attorney skills. Miserable for coaching. Miserable for relationship. And this whole work is about relationship. So I'm like, uh, lame. <laughs> and then the last thing they tell me is they say, you can leave today. You don't have to stick around. And the good news is you'll still be a leader. The set of traits, the way you look, the way you stand, the sound of your voice, the energy you bring into the room, it's innate. We look to you for leadership and you look to step into it. However, you'll forever be a leader of followers, which blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, I've never heard of that distinction. But I could, again, I could see it everywhere in my life. I was always the one, like when I taught dance, there were the teachers all over the place and I taught the misfits. And the last thing they said to me is like, if you're willing to do the work to unlock this and let us make a difference for you, we'll do our work. We're reliable. You got a whole team of people, a year of this work, a coach we're giving you to work with you every week, but you're too slick. You can let us think we're doing it and slide us out. So if you're willing to unlock this from within and let us in, you're here to be a leader of leaders. And I'll just finish here by saying, I drove the four hours back home after that weekend, cried for four hours, great time at the border crossing. And it wasn't tears of <laughs> sadness. 
I'm fine. There's <laughs> tears of being opened up for the first time in my in like 32 years of my life at this point. Wow. Yeah. Wow, dude, that's fun, man. I could dude. I could talk to you for uh, for a long time. I have I have a lot of other. There's just other again. Like I said, my brain's going on yeah, yeah. corrections. Um, let me ask you this, man. There, you have you've you've run into a lot of people. I mean, you're not everyone's cup of tea. Some people mm. you can help. Some people you can't. Kind of the same as what they were telling you when you yes. were you were at that juncture in life. But if if you could if you could download. Like a, a, a matrix program, uh, you know, it, it, of 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 I don't I don't know if it's a thought, I don't know if it's an attitude, I don't know if it's a belief, I don't know what it is. But if you could if you could do that in a way that uh, not the lawyer guy that would manipulate and and um, <laughs> become power over all of us, but if but but the guy that's 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 here to connect people to their most powerful selves. Uh, to help us become human beings and not human doings, what what program would that be? What would you mm-hmm. put into all of us? I'll, I'll start with a metaphor, but my intention is not to be too long-winded here. The gift of our light, the essence we came on in this planet as, I think of as like a colored light bulb that sits just behind our head and has been there since the moment we were born till the moment we die. And when we come into a room, like mine's kind of this sweet blue color, people are like, oh, the room just got a little more blue. And when I leave the room, they're like, oh, the room got a little less blue. And they get the gift of experiencing the room when I'm not in it. So they can see my light as it comes and goes. They have the experience of my greatness. Whereas I never get that. From the moment I was born to the moment I die, I'm seeing the world through my light. Which makes it very hard for us to kind of, you know, we we ask these questions like, what's my zone of greatness? But we can't see it. And so... Um, what I would download for people would be like some program that would give them some way an experience of their own greatness. So they could just see how incredible they are because we all have such a hard time believing that in ourselves. Uh-huh. Interesting. I, uh, also karate. Also, also, I'm <laughs> <laughs> karate. Yeah. No, the, uh, I, 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 I love that. It's like, you know, my, my background is that, you know, um, being, it's, it's Christian in a uh-huh. part of, there is a, there's a belief that's, uh, center for a lot of people. And it's the, it's the belief, but it's not even the Christ part. It's the, it's a Satan part. Mm. And the crazy thing is, is if you look at, uh, at even what the word Satan is, it just means accuser. Aha, and it, and the biggest accuser, whether there's an actual devil or not, I, mean, I don't know. But the biggest accuser that I know usually is the one that lives inside of each individual. It's ourselves. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I, th- I think you I think you gave a just just a just a nice little Chinese star thrown into the heart <laughs> of that one. So, dude, I like it. I could spend a lot more time. Uh, I I I feel like we probably will talk. Uh, more at different times. How yes. can we? How can we get in touch with you? Where can we find your book? What can we do? Like, what kind of programs you have going on? How can we get in touch with Lord Whiny? <laughs> do we have to kiss a ring? <laughs> There's no ring kissing required. So I'm on all the social medias. Facebook and LinkedIn are where I'm most active, and then Instagram a little bit. the The name of my book is uh, "Who Do You Think You Are?" I think it's uh, the mirrors. 
a leader's guide to what the mirror doesn't show you. So if you search for who do you think you are, Adam Quining, you'll find my book where I dive into a lot of these topics and kind of create a bit of a scaffolding to kind of situate into them. And then the other two things, um, I have a podcast called um, The Transformational Leader, so people can listen to me there. And then um, they can just go to adamquiney.com to learn about what I do, my work. And I, I post a lot of, um, I'm an avid writer, so I post a lot of blog insights and infographics and stuff like that there. Love it. Mm -hmm. Powerful time, my friend. Mm -hmm. I love this. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your blue light. Uh-huh. Ha, 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 ha.